0: Word on Fire is brought to you by Catholic Cemeteries, serving the Chicago area since 1837, and FSP, dedicated to food service excellence. This is Cardinal Francis George, and I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Father Barron will challenge us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us, If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The Archdiocese of Chicago, through the generosity of Sacred Heart Parish in Winnetka, now presents the Word on Fire. Please be with you. Friends, the law is the pride and joy of Israel. When you read the Old Testament, you see it book after book. A celebration of the law, an exaltation in the law, this great gift that God has given to his people. Listen, for example, to the reading, our first reading today, taken from the book of Deuteronomy. Now, Israel, hear the statutes and decrees which I am teaching you to observe, that you may live. In your observance of the commandments of the Lord your God, which I enjoin upon you, You shall not add to what I command you, nor subtract from it. Here's the voice of God describing the law. It is so precious, it's so perfect, you shouldn't add to it, you shouldn't subtract from it. That's the glory of the law. And then listen. What great nation has statutes and decrees that are as just as this whole law, which I am setting before you today? There's the privilege of Israel. They alone, among all the great nations of the world, have received this law. When you look in the Psalms, you'll find something very similar. The psalmist will often speak of singing the praises of the law, meditating on the law day and night. In fact, the first five books of the Old Testament, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, they're simply called the Torah. It means The law the law is an expression of god's own mind god's own life his will his intention for his people and the glory of israel is that they've received this law think about the law now in a more political sense in a totalitarian society the law is an arbitrary force that expresses the power of the leader but in a properly functioning society The law is the means by which a people is shaped. Their minds, their wills, their passions, their very bodies become formed in a positive way by the law. What the prophets are saying, what Deuteronomy says, what the psalmist says, is that God's law is this beautiful thing that is shaping and forming the people in accordance with God's own mind and God's own deepest intentions. That's why they rightfully exult in it, celebrate it. It's the center of their lives. We can see it, too, in the New Testament. Jesus is a good Jew, and he has a solemn reverence for the law. I have come not to abolish the law. I've come to fulfill it. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is portrayed as the new Moses, that means the new lawgiver. Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount gives us, as Moses on Mount Sinai, gives us a new law expressive of God's mind and intentions for his people. Now, what happens in religious traditions? Not just the Jewish one, really in any religious tradition. Alongside of this core law, Alongside of this central command of God, there grows up rather naturally customs, ceremonies, behaviors, practices, which, listen, are supportive of the law and expressive of the law. Not the same as the core, but rather they are colorful and lively and embodied expressions of the law. We hear about this in the Gospel. We're returning now to the Gospel of Mark. Here's what Mark says. The Pharisees, and in fact all Jews, cling to the custom of their ancestors and never eat without scrupulously washing their hands. Moreover, they never eat anything from the market without first sprinkling it. There are many other traditions they observe. For example, the washing of cups and jugs and kettles what is all this well it's not the core law not the commandments not the core expression of god's mind but all these little customs and practices behaviors are human traditions that support at their best at their best support encourage and flow from the law so i'm not bad mouthing them at all they're appropriate natural If I could venture an image, think of the relationship between a tree and its leaves. The tree, well, that's the plant itself. That's the core of it. That's what remains permanent, in season and out. But every year, that tree sends off leaves. In fact, I'm recording this talk in the middle of August. If you look at the trees around me on this beautiful campus, you'd see almost exclusively leaves. You'd have to really look to see the underlying tree. Leaves are beautiful, they are expressive of the tree, but they come and they go. They flourish for a season, then they die to be replaced by other leaves. Are they beautiful? Yes, very often. Are they the first thing we notice about a tree? Yes. Are they the essence of the tree? No. They come and they go. So, a core religious tradition, the law, is often surrounded by a whole halo of these accompanying activities, ceremonials, practices. What's the problem, Christians? problem is up and down the centuries we have a tendency to mistake the leaves for the tree we have a tendency to see the leaves as the tree to see the leaves as as essential and important as the tree itself and this is what jesus is complaining about in this gospel for today the pharisees and the scribes complained that Jesus and his disciples don't follow all of these little customary practices. What does Jesus say? How accurately Isaiah prophesied about you hypocrites when he wrote, This people pays me lip service, but their heart is far from me. Empty is the reverence they do me, because they teach as dogmas mere human precepts. You disregard God's commandment and cling to what is merely human tradition. There is the distinction that I've been trying to make. The law, the core, expression of God's mind, Jesus has nothing but reverence for that and encourages his followers to have nothing but reverence for it. But the danger is, sometimes we become so obsessed with the externals of the law, the secondary expressions of it, that we forget the law itself, the undergirding, the core of it. Don't make this mistake. When you do, you end up paying God a kind of lip service, focusing on the secondary, missing the essential. You know, let me make this perhaps a little bit more concrete by putting it within our own framework. Think for a second about the liturgy. This great central prayer by which we give honor and glory to God. Has the liturgy retained a basic structure over the centuries? Yes. Has the liturgy in its external ceremonials and symbols and practices changed over the centuries? Equally, yes. Let me read to you something. I'm taking this from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, but it's an extraordinary text written by St. Justin the Martyr, one of the earliest theologians of the church. He wrote this around the year 155, very early, middle of the second century. He's describing what the Christians do on the Lord's Day. He's describing the liturgy. Now listen. On the day we call the Day of the Sun, all who dwell in the city or country gather in the same place. Sunday, they come together for worship. The memoirs of the apostles and the writings of the prophets are read, as much as time permits. There's the liturgy of the word. We do the same thing. We proclaim the Old Testament and the New. When the reader is finished, he who presides over those gathered admonishes and challenges them to imitate these beautiful things. What's that? That's the homily. We still do it to this day. Then we all rise together and offer prayers for ourselves and for all others. There's the prayers of the faithful, which we do right after uh, the homily. When the prayers are concluded, we exchange the kiss. It's not quite where we have it today, but there's the sign of peace. Then someone brings bread and a cup of water and wine mixed together to him who presides over the brethren. Here's the presentation of the gifts. He takes them, offers praise and glory to the Father of the universe. For a considerable time, he gives thanks to God. Well, here's the Eucharistic prayer, the priest now offering up the gifts. When he's concluded the prayers and thanksgiving, all present give voice to an acclamation by saying, Amen, we do the same thing today. When he who presides has given thanks and the people have responded, those whom we call deacons give to those present the Eucharistic bread. Recognizable? Sure. A description written in the year 155 the very beginning of the Christian tradition, and yet we can recognize the central core, the law, if you will, of the Mass is there. But Christians, have the external symbols, the ceremonial practices, the behaviors that accompany the Mass, the style, has all that changed over the centuries? Yes. If you went into a house Mass in a second-century church, Then you went to a Mass at a 6th century Roman Basilica. Then you went to Mass at a medieval Gothic cathedral. You went to a Mass in a Baroque church. You went to Mass in a Catholic parish in Chicago in 1950. You go to Mass today. Would there be all kinds of differences at the external level? Yes, yes. But yet, this central core would remain the same. Is the tree the same? Uh Uh-huh. And the leaves changed over and over again, in season and out. Yeah. What's the danger? <laughs> the danger is that we begin clinging to the leaves and forgetting about the tree. You know, you can take a leaf from a particularly beautiful autumn, a leaf that's fallen from the tree, and you can put it in a book and you can preserve it. Oh, fine. It's a memory of a distant time. But even that beautiful leaf in time fades, becomes fragile, eventually fades away. Don't cling to the leaves and the externals, but rather cling to what is central and essential in the law, both in the Old Testament sense and the New Testament sense, in the sense of what is absolutely essential in the life of the church. Let me just close with this what's the danger with some conservatives in the church they think everything's the tree any little change even in non-essentials is a problem everything is the tree what's the problem with some liberals Everything's leaves everything is shaky everything comes and goes no we must follow the Lord here in making this clear distinction between the essential and the non-essential learning how to reverence the first and how to Let go of the second. In there we give proper reverence to the law. God bless you. I hope that you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George. God bless you. You want the kids to eat healthy foods. They want fast foods and sugary snacks. What's a parent or school administrator to do? Call FSP. We provide nutritious, kid-tested, kid-approved meal service to area schools. Our quality breakfast, lunch, and snack plans are easy to implement and affordable. Take the guesswork out of mealtime by calling FSP at 773-385-5100. FSP. We're more than a school food service.